Life has its ups and downs. Our guests will share their story and their journey through life. They'll share the struggles they hit and how they pivot in a way to come out stronger and better than before. Growing up, we are taught there is one way of life that essentially creates our life's checkmark. You have a choice to go in any direction you desire. As you listen to our guest, you're encouraged to look at your life and the checkmark you created in your mind and readjust if needed after listening to some of the incredible stories told. This is the Life's Checkmark Podcast, and I'm your host, John Emery. Today, I have with me Kyle Jones, and first, I'd like to say that I am grateful that Kyle rescheduled for me because uh, my child had an event at last minute, so we had to cancel it last minute, and thankfully, Kyle saw that you know that was more important than you understood, so I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, so Kyle and I met through a Facebook group and, you know, we finally we get to see each other face to face here and get to have a conversation, get to know each other a little bit more. Uh, yeah. So, Kyle, I know you're into leadership and I know you're helping other companies and other people and stuff. So why don't we just start with what you're doing and then we'll just go backwards and, and you could tell the story of how you got there. Sure. Thanks, guys. And uh, thank you for having me, first and foremost. Uh, I do appreciate the invite. I don't take these things for granted. Um, any, any chance you get an opportunity to, to speak to anybody, and it's always um, you know, a great thing in my opinion. Um, but to answer your question in short, I like to say that I'm, I'm in the process of architecting, architecting um, the defeat of poor leadership. Right? Um, okay. As you mentioned, we do work globally right now, um, several international companies, and our main hub is our main two hubs are uh, North America and then um, South Southern Africa. But we are moving into the northwestern part as well. Um, if I was to like you know outside summarizing that short portion, saying hey, we architected the feat of uh, poor leadership. We work with leaders around the world um, to enhance their capabilities and their leadership skills so that they can be better for their companies, their workforce, and ultimately the the place in where they do business, their communities. So that's very kind of we uh we work through right now and it's interesting how we got into it. So all right. Yeah, so you want to touch in touch on that then and how you got into it? Absolutely. So I, I it, it's weird, right? Um before I got into all of this uh, I was really working with individuals at the small business entrepreneur level and even some uh, youth education, believe it or not. And I always ran from leadership. It's very weird, right? Mm -hmm. And just like when I was younger, I was like, I never want kids. I, I don't like kids. I never want to be around them. And now all I do is work with youth, right? It's weird. It's funny how those things, they're kind of like a Saul to Paul moment, if you, if you understand biblical references, right? And uh, I was doing some consulting work from a coaching perspective with some people because I, I really enjoy helping people find ways to get to the next level. I'm a huge proponent of um, uh, personal development. And while I was coaching a sport, I happened to um, you know be conducting business and uh, one of my clients, I don't even say one of my clients, one of my uh, one of my athletes, if you will, their parent uh, had come and we had ended up having a discussion. Tr trust me, I'm going somewhere with the story. I'm going somewhere. That's fine. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> and we met on the track and we began to have conversations about what she did 
which was government contracting, essentially selling products and services to the government instead of individuals. And what I did, which was leadership training, workforce development, people development, in a sense. Um, that's the first conversation we had, and we had several others. So this individual that we ended up speaking with, we ended up becoming really, really close over the next couple of years. So close that we actually got married. <laughs> and in the process of doing so, uh, such a thing, we actually combined both of our companies to create something unique. Took my expertise and her expertise. And over the last few years, we've just exploded onto the scene, going from, you could essentially say, a brand new product or service into international waters in under three years, oh, yeah. which is crazy you know when you think about it that's really good so so how did you go ahead and get into international waters and stuff like that 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 quick you would say so what happened was we this is great i got some weird stories i understand this right <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in attracting the things that you want right we've all heard the secret back in the day yeah. and it was like yeah you know you gotta attract it people used to put like dollar bills up on their wall and be like oh my god I'm and um I was on Facebook one day, right? Facebook, I'm dating myself. And <laughs> this picture of the Renaissance monument pops up. Do you know what that is? No, I don't know what the Renaissance monument is. Okay, so it's a it's a monument where this big, you know, this strong guy, it's almost like a bronze statue-ish, bronze-ish statue, sort of like. Um, and the guy is holding a child. And the, there's a woman on his uh, to his back, and she's she's got his hand, um, she's got her hand on his shoulder, and he's pointing. This monument is very large, by the way, and it's actually located in Dakar, Senegal. And um, the reason that the monument was created was to remind sure that that's where the people went. So it was, in essence, um, directing us to to know where slaves were taken, and it points directly at America. And so, if you know history, uh, Gore Island, G O R E E, uh, Gore Island is off the coast of Senegal, and this they had this door called the Point of No Return. And so the point of no return is where slaves were taken and they were docked on those ships and they were taken to America or South America or wherever they were needed for offloading. And as the door of no return was, you would never see home again, right? Um, and so the, the monument essentially points to where they were going so that we could eventually reclaim our people to bring them back home. So I saw this monument, I said, I wanna visit this place and i turned to my wife i said we're gonna go to africa and i said that in december of 2020 now mind you this is you know the pandemic had hit and right. everybody was you know nobody's going anywhere and i felt so strongly in my heart that we were going to africa in june of 2021 we were standing in front of that monument in Dakar, Senegal, on a trade mission to work to do business with um, the country of Senegal. 
um, through some partners, through um, the Minority Business Development Center. And then we ended up meeting a key partner of ours um, over there at that place who just happened to be in Senegal. He's from South Africa. Well, he's actually from Cameroon, but he does business in South Africa. And he just happened to be there in the same hotel. And he knew one of our associates. And we had, and that's how we got connected in Senegal and South Africa and now Zimbabwe. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it, it is a good story. Yeah. I, it, and I agree with you, the whole vision and everything like that, the secret or whatever you want to call it, you know I mean? It, it's amazing how things work out like that. But uh, so was, was the monument awesome? Uh, was it amazing? It was. Uh, we didn't go inside uh, because we weren't feeling too well. We didn't want to get too close. We were like, okay, are we getting COVID? We're scared. But we didn't want to take a picture. So we took a picture outside of it. The monument is is... I would say it's very close to, by my estimate, the the size of the Statue of Liberty. It's really, really? big. Yeah, the okay. steps and everything is really big. Okay. Um, I don't know if it's the exact size. So I might be wrong. Somebody might go, no, you're an idiot. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know the exact size. It's a really big statue. So, so, so you can see it from miles away. I'm going to have to look it up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I never heard of it. So, no, that's great. I'm glad you shared that. So, so you started out there. So you're working with this guy in in Africa, or was it just okay? And then you, now you went globally. So how do you go from Africa to being global then? Yeah, it's really tough, right? And so the good thing is we we work in in industry where our service can can help anybody, just about right, any business. And so uh, our partners over there in Africa essentially connected us with some other people who are in need of our services. And so at this point, what we're doing is working to expand into various countries within Africa in support of uh, some of the initiatives. And I'll tell you, one of the major priorities that we have right now is what's called energy poverty. I don't know if you've ever heard that term before. Most people haven't. And so essentially energy poverty uh, a lack of infrastructure to support sufficient energy resources for people. We go crazy if our lights go out for 30 minutes. Well, in Africa, there are about 800 million people without sufficient power. They consistently have rolling blackouts. Some people don't have access to power at all. And so we can imagine how tough it is um, dealing with those uh, sort of situations. And not all Africa is like that in just certain parts, but I don't think there's a country in Africa that does not have at least blackouts or rolling blackouts or doing what's called, you know, lit, uh, load sharing, which is where they take parts and people have generators, et cetera. Well, the issue is, this is a very big issue, is that if you don't have power, you have to resort to a very, and I hate to say it this way, but primitive ways of trying to get energy or trying to cook even, right? So imagine people going out to the woods, chopping down trees so that they can burn to, to be able to cook their food and eat. The danger in that is if you do that in a small enough location, you essentially can kill yourself. So it becomes very dangerous. And so it, it it's very tough in, in that atmosphere to um, to get ahead when you're when the first thing you're trying to do is feed your family in a very safe way you know and the fight is um, 
the superpowers of the world are now telling Africa, hey, don't do oil and gas, don't do this and don't do that, when that is essentially the foundation of how every other culture was built. You know, and we're in it, we're in an environmentally, you know, conscious age now. And I don't I, I, there's there is a there's there's a dichotomy, right? There's I need to feed my family and I need to be safe. Then there's also we need to make sure the world is going to be here in the next 30 years too, right? Exactly. And so it's it's tough. And for people to from the outside to tell Africans that they shouldn't do such a thing when everybody else built it their way. It's it's is a it's a hard conversation, mm-hmm. right? That's a tough sell to somebody who their family members are dying just to try to keep the lights on, or even have lights. Period. And statistically, Africa produces, I think it's like three percent or less of the actual stuff that's killing the earth. Oh, you know, okay. so it's like- it's. Yeah, it's like what are we really talking about here? And you know, we want we want Africa as all the resources in the world. And it's, you know, the conversation is how do we end energy poverty? How do we help people get to a point where they can take care of themselves, take care of their families while being able to, you know, provide sustainability in the community. And yeah. so those are the things we're working on. That, that's great. So how how does how does that connect with leadership? Great question. And I dropped the pen. So uh, <laughs> the the leadership portion is it's twofold, right? Obviously, oil and gas is a big uh, big issue there, where they have to to drill to try to get things together, right? But the workforce isn't there to sustain the demand that the uh, oil companies are bringing to the table, right? Or the natural gas companies or, you know, whoever's bringing to the table for investments. And so we need to train the workforce. But there's also a need for appropriate or or enhanced leaders, say, within the government space, right? So you have government officials who may need to enhance leadership skills for far as negotiation and communication and, um, you know, legislation, et cetera. But then also, as we build these companies, these small these small businesses, entrepreneurs, we know are the driving force in any economy, per se, per se um, not just only big business. And so, as these small businesses pop up, as the you know entrepreneurs and and the workforce is developed, we need leaders in place to be able to push the initiatives and be able to sustain these things over time. See, my job is not to just go in and you know, hey, who's got the money to do this? That's that's not our main focus. Our main focus is, can we find a way to make this place sustainable for the community, for the citizens, for the world, so that they can take care of themselves as much as possible, and that way we can all benefit and work together as we grow in innovation, in, um, you know, new technologies, in um, thoughts, thoughts and leadership, thought leadership, et cetera. Right. And so all that, it ties in together um, in that way. And so we're going to have small business out there. We have to have leaders that know how to lead. We have to have government officials that know how to lead. We have to have big corporations that know how to lead and know how to, you know, get back to the community and make sure that things are done right. We have to have nonprofits in place to help people 
you know, all those things are are tied into leadership and professional development and workforce development, people feeding their families um, the right way, et cetera. Makes make sense. Thanks. Thanks for clearing that up for me. Yeah. Um, so do you find these people like raising their hand, reaching out to you, or do you have to like pursue these people, the entrepreneurs, the government officials or whatever? It's fiction of both, honestly. Um, the the leaders that are there in place right now know and they they are wanting help, right? Um, or ideas or you could say um, collaboration, if you will, right? And they're not ashamed. They're like, I, I want to know more. I can tell you this. The, the images that Americans have been shown of Africa are wrong, right? And there's been this, this idea that Africa's full of dirt, right? Everybody lives in huts and they walk around with lions and sing a kuna matata. No, that's not the way it is, right? No. Um, there, there are parts of Africa that are more beautiful than words can describe, right? And there's there's this there's this feeling of, I guess you could say, like spiritual connection to the land as well. On top of that. Um, the way things are done there it are, you know, sort slightly different than what we do in America. Uh, but it, you can step off into places in Africa and it feels like you're in America, right? Very, very, you know, the, the, the infrastructures are in place. It's beautiful, et cetera. Right. So where do, where do we go from there? Where do, what do we do, um, from that point? You know, we have to, we have to actually dive in and 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 work to take things to the next level right mm -hmm. um i think those things are going to be really important when it comes to moving to the next level now when it when you're asking me are they asking for um no are they raising their hand are they working these individuals are incredibly intelligent right and i'm not even trying to be facetious people people tend to think based on the images they've seen in the movies that you know they're behind in mindset or they're behind in ideology or intellect. When I was in Senegal, my cab driver had a master's degree in engineering. Now here is the, the, the tough pill to swallow. You have to ask the question, if you have a master's degree in engineering from a, a university, why are you driving, driving a cab? Here's the simple answer. There are very little, there are very few industries that support the degrees that most of the people are getting. So if you don't have the industry to sustain the degrees and a need for it, you end up in things just to make your just to make ends meet or to get money or food on the table. Right. And so yeah. when we look at all of this, you asked me earlier, how does leadership plan it is? Well, part of that leadership initiative is to figure out what resources are in each of these countries. And develop those things from an in, I guess you could say an innate, an innate way, so that industries come out of that to support the education that the the people already have. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that cab driver would have probably been a good fit for some of these companies, I guess, that you might be working with. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and so, I mean, are we talking about like a city or like a village or you know, I I'm trying to picture in my head what what you're where you're starting from. 
so when you when you asked me in my where am I starting from? You're talking about the no, it's definitely not a village. Let me start there. It's not okay. not a village. We are in some of the major cities, right? So think of like Johannesburg, South Africa, or uh, Cape Town, South Africa. These are uh, what what's that like compared to American city? Because I have no idea. Oh, um, it, <laughs> okay. I'll I'll do each because each one is a little bit different, right? There's, okay. There's, <laughs> so the car is completely different. It's completely different from Cape Town, South Africa. Let me start there, right? Um, Cape Town, South Africa is very Eurocentric, right? South Africa, period, is very Eurocentric, obviously, because of uh, the colonization, et cetera, right? Yeah. So if, you're, if you were to step off the step off an airplane in from in Cape Town, South Africa, and you, you flew from, let's just say, Atlanta or New York, right? Most likely Atlanta, because they have a direct flight to Delta now, right? Um, it would be difficult for you to be able to tell that you stepped off into a, into a, a totally different country. I won't say it's like New York, but it's very um, Florida-esque, if you will, at first, right? So you get this feeling of you got palm trees, you know, nice scenic highways, very, you know, did you get a little bit of Colorado because they've got these beautiful, like two mountains out there. I believe it's called like the, the horn of De the devil's horn or something like that. But I can't remember the name of it totally. And you're just kind of floating along the highway. It smells great because the air is very, very clean. Um, the, the people are extremely, extremely nice, right? They're very, very pleasant to be around. Hey, how are you? You know, they speak to you. And then you drive about maybe 15 minutes and you're in the city. And the city is almost like, it it feels like an Atlanta, but on the coastline. Okay. Right. So if you can kind of picture that Atlanta on the water, mm -hmm. but not as much traffic. Right. Okay. And there's all these beautiful, you know, beautiful people, beautiful scenery, you know, hillside, and almost like even, even, even like a touch of California, where you got these these hillside homes where they just kind of they're tucked away in the mountains and had a beautiful view of the entire city and the coastline at the same time, right? So you get like Atlanta, California, and Florida all in one, just stepping off in Cape Town, right? Uh, sign me up. <laughs> right, dude, I'm telling you, just, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to a lot of places, well, I can say a lot of places, I've been to a few places. Yeah. Cape Town is easily top five, one of the most beautiful places you could ever visit. And I am not just saying that. Okay. You know, it, it, you, there's something for everyone in Cape Town just about. Mm -hmm. right? Now, you contrast that with maybe, um, maybe may, let's let's go with Dakar, right? Dakar, Senegal. It's okay. more of a developing country, right? Um, you step off the airplane, and you're you're met with. Once you step out of the out of the uh, airport, you're met with armed guards on the side, right? And they're and they're they're not carrying um, nine millimeters. They're not carrying Glock forty fives. Um, okay. They're carrying M sixteens. Okay, and it's intimidating. And everyone there, um, not everyone. I would say a majority of the people there. There's a hustle, not a bad hustle, a legal hustle. Because what they're trying to do is feed their family. And so they'll try to offer you to lift your luggage or 
um, sell you some trinkets or whatever. This is their livelihood, right? And they're very aggressive sometimes, right? And that's like, okay, all right, back down. Um, obviously, it's a French-speaking country, so you may not even understand half of what they're saying. So they speak a lot of broken pieces of English to try to you know, get you to buy things. As you leave the airport, you're you're riding along and there's a lot of dirt, right? Um, there is a lot of opportunity for land development. And it's and there are a lot of projects going on now to develop the countries. I don't know if you knew this, Senegal just discovered a bout of oil and gas. And so now they're working to get all those things developed so they can develop industries there, the housing. Now, here's here's some things that you may not know. Um, you that there there were no housing codes for a long time. And I don't think there are any housing. They might be still trying to put in housing codes. And so you might see cows walking along the road. You might see people building their own houses with pickaxes digging in the ground. Wow. And and the one thing, you know, and I hope I'm saying this right. And if anybody out there hears this and I'm wrong, please correct me. But from my understanding, it is frowned upon for anyone to take on debt to get things things that they need. And so instead of taking on uh, $100,000 in debt to build a house, mm -hmm. they will build it themselves piece by piece as they earn their money. Gotcha. Right? Um, so you have parts of Dakar, Senegal, that are developing. There are businesses, there's there's transportation, there are lights, there are streets, right? And then you have parts that are, you know, completely nothing as far as the eye can see. And there's a lot of opportunity there to develop in those different areas, right? But I will tell you this, when you go there, even though it may feel and some people might call it, you know, a second world country or a third, whatever you might call it, right? Uh, or developing country. There's a piece that comes with it, you know, and it's it's hard to describe. But you know, as soon as you hit the ground, you feel safe, you feel comfortable, and it's like. You don't, you don't, you're not really in that. And I don't really want to go off into this tangent too much, but you're not really worried about, let's just say, getting shot by the cops, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. I'll yeah. leave that there. That's a conversation for another day, but you feel safe. Okay. Right. That's, so that, that's, that's good. I like the comparison between those two places. That's great. I'm, I'm glad you share that with me. Now I, I can picture both of them, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, so let's, just real quick, we'll go with it. So you, you take these people on to help them grow, you know, their countries and stuff. All right. All right first of all, you're primarily just in like Africa or, or your other countries in that. Uh, primarily we're in Africa. We are working to move into the UK. We're waiting on okay. a couple of projects to move, but we do, we do business in America, obviously also. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so you take these people in and what, what I mean, what, what kind of like a process do you have to try to help build people's leadership skills? So you can just say, Hey, I just helped this guy out. He's, he's going to kill it. And you know, you can leave him be and he does his thing. Right. So I, I don't know, just a few quick examples if you have any. Yeah, I do. Uh, I've been doing this for years, man. And just kind of a background. I've been in development of people for a better part of 20 years now, man. Um, so yeah, two decades. Holy crap. <laughs> so, uh, 
So essentially, if, if I'm working with someone, um, you have to identify, right? There, there's what's something called benchmarking. And benchmarking in its simplest terms is to figure out where your baseline is for who you are versus where you need to be. You're at point A. Let's figure out what point A actually is. And then we can figure out if we even need to get to point B or if you need to go to C, D, E, F, whatever, right? Uh, or one, two, three. And so we do a lot of benchmarking up front. There's some assessments. There's some a lot of conversations um, to get insight into their experiences, um, where they're thinking they want to go, some of the challenges that they're facing on a consistent basis. And then we essentially customize an approach to get from that point to the next point. And we also incorporate other people because let's say, John, if I'm, if I'm working with you, John, I don't want to just hear from John. I want to hear from Bob and Allie and Sue and Jacob and, uh, you know, Tom, Dick and Harry, right? right? About who John is, because John may think that John shows up in a certain way for Kyle and for Kyle, John shows up in a completely different way than John expected. And so I have to get all this information from everyone so we can validate exactly what the truth is. As it said, there's there's three sides to every story, your side, my side, and then the truth, right? Well, you have multiple sides and everybody's saying John's really nice, then John's probably a really nice person. But if you have half the people saying John's nice, and then let's say that some family members saying John's a, you know, a beat butthole, right? I've got some work to do here. So maybe John's good here, but not over here. You know what I'm saying? And so we'll do those assessments and figure out who the individuals are. And if it's a large scale, let's say we have to do like several workforce individuals, we've got some assessments and tests to kind of work through there. And that way we can incorporate the data, not only individually, but also in a group fold. How do you all look as a unit? Once we have that, we identify and customize potential points of advancement and enhancement. And we just work through those things through mentorship, on-one coaching sessions, um, class sessions, group sessions, activity, team building activities, um, as such. But I'll tell you the most powerful thing that we do is our executive coaching and our mentorship programs. Um, those one-on-one -on -one sessions are where really people, you know, you, the rubber meets the road and you get to really dig in in a private way. And nothing's ever discussed outside of those sessions with anyone else unless it's approved by that individual. But you really get to dig into how you show up and how you would like to show up. And we work to get you into a place where you practice the efficiency, right? You practice getting better. You practice the techniques in order to enhance your own leadership style. And then we 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 assess your 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 effectiveness over time. And as we do that, we we see where it lands. And if you're doing well, then we go, okay, this is working. If it's not working, we go, what's going on? What's really happening? And we are able to reassess the situation. I will tell you this though, we have had we have not had a mentorship yet where somebody has not evolved as a leader not one yeah that's good i first of all i like how you incorporated other people under that leader right and taking account you know of taking account of for whatever they all think about this person or you know um 
favoritism or whatever's going on. Right. You know, I could, I, that's, that's good. And also what you just ended with there, you know, as far as not having any, I forget the words you just said, but, uh, them coming out and, and becoming better than what they just started, you know, from the beginning, you know, is, is awesome. And I think that's mostly if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, because they re- really want to step up and become a better leader and show up for the people that are working under them. Um, yeah. So, I mean, this has been good stuff. I, I appreciate you sharing the details of your traveling to Africa and what you're doing with to help Africa grow. Um, how can people connect with you and work with you or even maybe find some kind of way to help out with what's going on in Africa as well? Absolutely. Um, there's a few ways to connect with what we've got going on. Um, th- there's our website, which is essgroupinc.net. That's echo sam sam groupinc.net. Um, you can directly connect with us there. I'm also on Twitter. Uh <laughs> I'll have to spell my my uh, my name there and LinkedIn. It's it's Kyle K Y L E M A R C Jones. That's like all of my social media handles, right? So I try to keep it simple. Kyle Mark Jones, but it's like Mark with a C. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. Uh, I'm on TikTok. But let, you know, disclaimer: my TikTok account is solely dedicated to the sports program that I I do work with. I actually coach at a local high school after I'm done with my hours and uh, I, I have fun. I, I love track and field. I'm a huge fan of it. So you'll probably get a lot of track and field from that TikTok account for now. So if you're interested in though, hey, you know, you can always reach out TikTok. to me there or check out some of our athletes. Um, and side note, John, yeah, I'm going to toot my own horn here. We we do have, um, we, we took uh, three three state titles this year, three individual state titles in the, in the group I coach. So just a little that's awesome yeah that's good (laughs) keep it going man that's awesome they did the work though it it was me they made me look good that's all (laughs) that's exactly it right but they could Uh, they could definitely um reach out to us there and then um of course our our ceo um she's always open we we love working with people um we we to partner with people who may be interested or Mm -hmm. and or and another you know shameless plug here john if you want to learn how to get into government contracting, we also teach that also. Cool. So that's good. No, that's good for everybody to hear. And if, especially if they're looking for that, you know. Uh so I have one question to ask you at the end here. And what are three key things you've learned and used along your journey? Oh man, that's a loaded question. Yeah. All right. So I might go a little bit abstract here. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I don't go too far off the rails. I can say, you know, one of the things that I've used in my journey is humility. Um, and the reason why is you you would find it very difficult to advance yourself as a leader without humility. Um, if you think you know everything, you should probably get out of any sort of coaching, teaching, um, and or leadership period, right? Um, the second thing that I could say is something that I carry with me is the idea that my life is going to end. That might sound a little morbid, but the finality of this out, of this life is 
pressing upon me that my time is limited here and I want to make the absolute best attempt at living the best way possible. And I know, you know, our one of our mentors, Darren Hardy, one of the comments he made was, don't miss the point. And that stuck with me because I don't want to get to the end of my life and I've chased all these things that were temporary. And I would rather get to the end and know I've experienced that life has to offer while giving back as much as I possibly can. And that led, leads me to my third thing is to not worry about those temporary things, but focus solely on the purpose for which I've been uh, brought here. There's a saying, and it's all, I've let this stick with me. It's, there are two times a man really comes to life or a woman, right? Or anyone, whatever, non-binary, whatever you want to call yourself, right? A person. <laughs> um, when you're when you're first born, and then when you figure out why you're here, right? And those are the two places. Those are the two times where you you become you know you come to life. And so, when you figure out your purpose, um, I think it's important to do everything you can to fulfill that, so yeah. that when you're done, you're done. That's awesome. I, I yeah, I, I I hear you there. I think I think a lot of people when they hit that point, they just feel like they're at peace, they're glowing or whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, maybe you can resonate with that on your story, but not Kyle. It's been great. I'm glad you came on. We got to connect, and uh, you got to share your story and everything that you're doing in Africa. And I commend you to keep going. You know, do whatever you can to help them grow. So thank you. Absolutely. I appreciate the invite as always, John. And if you have anybody that reaches out to you and say they want to connect, man, just let me know. Of course, if you want to connect in some way, um, you know, I'd love to find out eventually what more of what you do also. Uh, it was my intention to uh, ask you more about what you do also. Um, you got me talking. Shame on me, right? <laughs> no, this is good. That's what it's all about. Yeah, we can connect yeah, some yeah. other time. Oh, That's good. Absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate it. No problem. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks. Yep. Thank you for taking your time listening to Life's Checkmark. If you like this show, please subscribe, rate, and review. And we'll see you next time.